The Unpacked Podcast, Episode 4, Developing Habits. Welcome to the Unpacked Podcast. I'm Nikki Shirkman, here with my husband, Jordan. Hey, Nikki. How's it going, Jordan? Good. I'm currently hunched over the microphone because I didn't adjust before we started recording. You're looking a little awkward there. But no one can see me. They can't. The benefits of a podcast. People would have never known. (laughs) But now I'm adjusted and I'm doing well. I'm breaking a little sweat already, though, because I drank some coffee and it's a little toasty in here. And we have to shut our air off while we record because there's a hum in the background otherwise. Right. I'm not sure if it would get picked up or not, but for the benefit of the listener, we turn it off. The purity of sound. We will sweat it out for your sake so you can have crystal clear digital sound in your earbuds or ear pods or beats or whatever you're listening to. The Unpacked Podcast, whatever device tool you're using yeah so today we're talking about developing habits habits interesting you're really good at this i feel like this will be more of a me interviewing you on how to set good habits and i'm kind of the example of what not to do or the person who struggles with this i'm not sure that actually either of us are qualified to talk from an expert perspective of this is how you just absolutely crush it in the habit world. I have read a lot about habits, and I think it's really interesting, but I haven't perfected all of my habits. Okay. But we'll get into that. We will. We'll get into the habits we want to develop, the habits we currently have. I think we both have some good habits, though. Definitely. We can talk about those. bathing. We definitely make that a priority. Hygiene. Hygiene is good. We're pretty disciplined in the financial area. Cooking at home. Eating fairly healthy. Except I had a donut right before we started talking, so. Special treat. We're going to work on the habit. It's okay. A habit, this is semi-related to developing habits, but I've been listening to the Art of Simple podcast by Tish Oxenreiter. She is the founder of Art of Simple, which is and community, a blog. She's written a couple books. It's a lot of things, but it got me really amped up today to just come home and purge the house, you know, get rid of things. She had a guest on her show uh, that was talking about minimalism and kind of almost debunking some of the stereotypes that we think about when someone says they're a minimalist and just making it a more real life scenario. But I came home, Jordan walked through the door and I have piles around the house with signs on the walls to get rid of things, goodwill. And well, and we're moving overseas soon. So we're trying to clear out a lot of the stuff we have. And I just felt amped up today. Just ready to clear it out, give it to goodwill, sell it, get rid of it. I always try to encourage you when you're in the purging mood because I'm more in the when in doubt, throw it out camp. And you're more on the, if I'm not sure, I'll hold on to it and keep it. I think it depends on what it is. For clothes, yes. I hold on to clothes longer. And cards are things that are sentimental, but we're trying to get those all digitalized, make it a lot easier for the move. But I think we both like 
to have fewer things, but you get so busy with everyday life that you just throw it in the closet, you throw it in the junk drawer, and a couple months later, it's full. You can't, you don't even remember what you put in there to begin with. It's not helpful for when you are looking for something. And so I think we just need to just kind of take one room at a time of the house and just say, let's empty it. Let's get rid of the stuff we don't need and things we haven't used in several months and forget about it. Maybe we'll do a show on clutter at some point. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting really, I'm really distracted today. I'm really amped up about it, but yeah, you're in the zone today. I am. Let's talk about habits. This goes with that. Yeah. There's definitely a connection. So what is a habit? I did a little research. The dictionary definition of a habit is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Hmm. Pretty simple. Also, kind of bullets under the definition. Informally, an addictive practice, especially one taking drugs. So a cocaine habit. Good example. The way we use the word habit, but in psychology, it says it's an automatic reaction to a certain situation. I liked that a lot. Pretty interesting. An automatic reaction. You just do it. And that's what a habit should be. What, whether good or bad, that's what it is. It's just what you do in a situation or when you're stressed or the things that you turn to or kind of coping mechanisms for, in a lot of ways. It's a reflex, basically. When this input comes, then this output happens as a result. So it's good. Very interesting. Habits could be good. Habits could be bad. Kind of neutral. I don't know if... I know there's been a lot of talk about habit lately, but before that, I feel like when I think about habits, I instantly kind of think of bad habits, mm-hmm. negative connotation with the word, like smoking or, you know, like drug use, those specific examples. Or, you know, like other socially unacceptable habits, like picking your nose or biting your fingernails. Is picking your nose a habit? It can be if you do it a lot. It's a reflex to a specific situation, as psychology tells us. I guess that, that falls under that definition. Why do we form habits? Pretty much everything I'm going to say about habits is from this book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It's a great book. I listened to the audio version on Audible and super fascinating. I want to go back and listen to it again, but what he says and What Charles Duhigg says about habit is that our brains are looking for an opportunity to kind of just act automatically so we don't have to work too hard to do something. So he says it's an opportunity for our brains to kind of ramp down, do something without exerting a ton of energy. It's this thing that actually, he says in the book that neurons in our brain, things become hardwired in our brain in these paths, electronic impulses kind of create rivers almost in our minds that we just instinctively do different things. But basically it's kind of the way God's so that our brain isn't always having to function at a super high. So it's kind of, and I read the example online, someone said, you know, when you're first learning how to drive a car, someone says, turn left. Once you're a driver, that's no problem. 
yeah, yeah, I just instinctively turn the wheel, I apply some pressure on the brake, slow my car down, make the turn within the constraints of where I'm hitting any other cars. But when you're first learning, when you're 15 and a half or 16 years old, you have to think through every single one of those things. So it's really convenient that our brain creates these patterns and these habits because it makes somewhat complex things really simple once you've done it a lot of times. So it's the automatic reaction that we talked about. We're really into that. We like the automatic reaction way to define. It makes sense. It's simple. I like this quote from Aristotle. We're getting real old school now. We're going BC. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. It's kind of the idea of, you know, our lives are made up of years that are made up of months, that are made up of weeks, that are made up of days, that are made up of the actions that we do every day. So habits are really this little thing that is significant that could make an eternal difference and an eternal impact. And it really, our habits in so many ways are an indicator and even a predictor of the path we're going to walk down. So if we establish good godly habits, then we're likely going to do good godly things. But if we establish harmful habits, then we're not going to honor the Lord in the way we live our lives. That makes sense. We talked about this a little bit before the show started, but talking about the idea of a keystone habit and this specific wording was new to me, but I think it's really fascinating. It makes a lot of sense of how almost the domino effect of habits in our life or routines or like you said, I mean, so much of our day-to-day life isn't the most fascinating for all of us. I mean, typically isn't the most fascinating adrenaline pumping experiences, but this is what culminates into our life and years of doing things. So what is this idea of a keystone habit? So again, this is from our boy, Charles Duhigg. I hope I can call him our boy. I didn't ask him. Anyway, in The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg talks about keystone habits are these things. They're kind of like the cornerstone of what leads to a lot of other actions and impulses and things you do. And it basically influences a lot of other things. And sometimes we can even trace back how our day goes based on one keystone habit. And this is something we've talked about before off the air, off the record, But we've talked about how when you start out in the morning and you go and exercise, you go and work out, or you eat healthy, you have a good start to your day. You get up early and you start getting things done. It kind of sets the trajectory for the rest of your day. And on the opposite side of things, when I start off my day, normally on a Saturday, if I start off and I go and get donuts and I eat them to start the day, diet-wise, the rest of my day is just shot pretty downhill from there. Yeah, I'm just going to eat junk because, well, I already started the day off with donuts. It's it's kind of that keystone habit of how you start your day that will, in a lot of ways, determine other decisions that you're going to make. And so a keystone habit basically is just this thing that kind of starts a chain reaction of other things that are going to happen as a result of it. And so a couple things do Hig mentions that they do. They give you a small sense of victory. 
So one of our favorite pastors that we like to listen to, Craig Groeschel, he talks about how flossing is one of his keystone habits. And if he flosses, everything begins to fall in line. So he realizes he's taking care of himself, so he'll probably exercise, make time for his family, do all he needs to at work. And if he doesn't, he kind of jokes and says that it goes downhill and ends in him losing his ministry just because he didn't floss. But yeah, it's a little victory where you're like, okay, I can do this. I can continue to make good decisions and continue to reinforce good habits. And they're kind of these little things that help other habits grow from. It can be kind of fertile ground for other healthy habits. And then they just give you the energy and confidence to do more. So these keystone habits are just really neat cornerstones and underlying layer that can establish a lot of good patterns in your life. And it probably varies a lot. It I mean, definitely does person to person because I feel like for me, if I eat a donut in the morning, I feel like I'm less likely to eat sweets later in the day because I'm thinking, oh, I started my day off with this already. I'm probably already not feeling well from it. And so it makes me then want to change the way I was eating throughout the day. So maybe you should eat donuts every morning and then you'll lead a healthy life. Is that that's a good habit, huh? To start. Well, that's the reaction that you see. So you just kinda need to analyze your life. That's true. Maybe it's because it's a more spontaneous thing, but anyways. So that's a little overview of habits, kind of what habits are and why they're important. But I thought it would be fun if we got into the personal side of it. So things we kind of do on a regular basis and habits that we've developed or we're trying to develop or things we haven't been able to develop habit-wise. So I'd love to hear from you, Nikki. You know, when you think of habits you have, everyday habits, what are things that you've gotten into the habit of? And they can be either good or bad. Okay. I was thinking about this brainstorming and a lot of the things on my current list of good habits are things that most days happen, but I'm not going to say every single day they happen. So is that, is that acceptable? That's totally acceptable. Thanks for your grace. Okay. The things I do on a daily or weekly basis The first thing that really gets me going, this is probably one of my keystone habits. I would even go so far as to call it is to red up the house in the morning. I guess I should first define what. What does red up mean? (laughs) My family uses some interesting words that maybe aren't real words, but we make them that way. So I've always grown up with my grandma saying she's redding up the house. You know, you're putting the stuff away, folding the blankets, organizing the shoes, putting the dishes away, just all the things to tidy up the house. But we call it redding up the house. Redding up. So that's that you wake up out of bed and you fly around the house. This has been a recent development of a habit because I used to feel like I had to wake up in the morning, immediately sit down, read my Bible, drink my coffee. Well, I wake up kind of slowly. I like the mornings, but and I can talk and be fine, but it's not my most active time of day. And so I would often fall asleep in the middle of reading my Bible or really be straining to pay attention. And so I wasn't really gaining anything out of it. And so I thought, okay, what really gets me moving and is productive at the same time? And I used to do this at night before bed, but then I discovered I was too awake and then it was hard for me to wind back down and go to bed. So I thought, what if I change it and do it in the mornings? And so I take 
10, 15 minutes when I get up to make the bed, to put the things around the house that are out, to put them back in place and fold the clothes, whatever it is that's out. And then I feel energized and ready for the day because now I'm awake, I'm ready to go and everything's organized where it should be. The house is clean, which really makes me feel motivated to do the other things I need to do in the house and just kind of a clean slate to start the day. So that's, that's the first thing you do. Get the house organized. Yes. What comes after that? After that is making breakfast and coffee. We eat breakfast together and each morning we read the devotional by Charles Spurgeon morning and evening. So we read the morning one at breakfast. And then I found my best time for reading the Bible, praying, spending time with God is while I'm digesting from breakfast because I have a kind of sensitive stomach. And if I move around very much at all after I eat, I always get a stomach ache. So I discovered that was my best time to sit and read because I could sit on the couch, digest for a half hour, 40 minutes, whatever it ends up being. And then I'm ready to go spiritually fed, physically fed and digested and ready to go. That's a good start to the day. Thank you. So those are kind of the morning things that I do, other little habits. I used to try to have a certain number of books I would read a month or per year, but now I started by just saying I'll read one chapter of a book a day because sometimes it just felt so overwhelming to do a book. And if I get really far behind, then it felt overwhelming. But I found that reading one chapter of any book a day helps me continue to want to have the desire to keep reading and often ends up being more than a chapter, but that kind of keeps me on pace and getting through different books. Okay. So those are, those were all my good habits, but that's what we got to. How about for you? Yeah, I have wanted to refine my morning routine for a while and I did. I had a brief period of reformation the morning manifesto? Is that what you call No, that yeah. is a pipe dream, but we can put that in the show notes. <laughs> I like the idea of a morning manifesto. It, it was this this thing I wrote that I would ideally read every morning to kind of center me on the Lord and just put my heart in the right place to start the day. Kind of makes me want to read through it now. But no, that's not even what I'm talking about. So here Sorry I am. to bring Just, that up. No, it's it's good. It's a good reminder that I should do that. So it's yeah, the Morning Manifesto is this thing that I wrote and haven't looked at in a long time, but should. And the idea is that you would read it every morning and it's kind of your what your life is about or what you want it to be about. But the thing that I did for a while was I would wake up. I used to wake up and I would, you know, hop on Twitter, Facebook or look at my RSS feeds and read, you know, what people were blogging about, writing about. And then, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes would go by and I'm like, oh man, I already lost my morning. And the morning is a productive time for me. I really enjoy getting up early. I normally get up a little bit earlier than you do and get to work and get, get some things done, crossed off the to-do list and spend time with the Lord and those types of things. But what I did for a brief period of time is that I would refuse to look at my phone. I would, my alarm would go off and shut it off. And then I would go to our other bedroom in our house and practice guitar for a half an hour. And so that was my habit change period where I stopped wasting time on the internet and did something productive to start my day. And that was really good because it would wake me up. And I kind of felt the same way. There would be mornings when I would want to 
just dive into spending time with the Lord and reading my Bible and praying and things, but I would just be so tired that I would sometimes fall back asleep and that's not good. So it's hard to fall asleep while you're playing guitar. I found (laughs) that's true. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, involves motion and it's loud. So I started doing that. I haven't done that in the same order that I usually do. So lately I've the last week or so I've been better about spending time with the Lord right away. I leave my phone somewhere and yeah do that. So normally my morning consists of reading my Bible, praying, playing guitar, doing any dishes we may have. That's my family job is the one of my family jobs, the dishes. You so if there's any, thank you. Yeah, I'm good at that. If there's any dishes, I'll do those and I'll listen, normally I'll listen to the briefing by Albert Moeller. That's kind of our podcast du jour. Shout out to our friends, Hal and Amy, who connected us to that podcast. We'd never heard of it. And we listen to it several times a week. It's Monday through Friday. We listen to it almost every day in the mornings. And so I'll listen to that and then we'll have breakfast together and do the Spurgeon devotional and then kind of go about our days from there. So those are the the habits that I like. A habit that I have an awful establishment of is mm-hmm. reading email right away. I'm always, I always check my email and then I respond to things or I take care of things or I archive things or whatever. So that's a bad habit that I want to work on. You love your mails. I love checking the mails. I don't know why. It's a weird thing. I just, I like notifications and responding to things. And I like knowing what's going on so that I can try and react quickly to them. But yeah, so I'll start talking about some of my other bad habits. I spend too much time on social media and we talked about this in a whole episode, so I'm not going to go into the depths of that, but episode two is kind of all about that in some ways. Other bad habit. I am a sucker for sweets. We both kind of are. So we have a pretty regular ritual of eating unhealthy sweets. Not always unhealthy. I mean, rarely healthy kind of sweets by definition are unhealthy. I think there's a redemptive. Listen to me. I'm rationalizing. I'm excusing what I want to believe. Stop it. But we've gotten better. We, we, there was, we for tell several ourselves months, that story. No, we have. There were several months where we were making cookies every night. I mean, we didn't miss a night, Jordan. Yeah, that's bad. But we, since, and we still eat sweets, but there's been several nights where after dinner we don't eat anything sweet and we just watch Leverage, which is... A- That's definitely a habit. That is our pretty much our only established <laughs> nightly <laughs> habit is that we sit on the couch at 9 or 10 o'clock and watch an episode of the now defunct television series Leverage, which is cheesy and... Wonderful. Enter- yeah, it's entertaining. We like it. But it's on it's- Netflix. Four, what, four or five seasons are all on Netflix? All, yeah, all five seasons are on Netflix. The, the series has ended since then. It's about these criminals who kind of do good. Typical USA network show. It's fun. It's our thing. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much my only nightly habit. And then we, you know, brush our teeth and go to bed. Sometimes we'll read. Sometimes we don't. I I know that you're supposed to floss every day. And I used to not floss until my friends, our dear friends, told us you only have to floss the teeth you want to keep. And, and that was revolutionary. Yeah, for, you. for whatever reason, that just clicked in my brain. And I was like, okay, I need to floss if I want to keep my teeth then. So that stupid quip is what helped me floss. And I tried to get you to floss before that because you never really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, grew up flossing. That wasn't a big 
My routine. household was not a flossing household. Okay. I didn't grow up in the floss. So it was a habit I developed later in life. See, I grew up very much flossing regularly. I, you probably honestly do more than I do now. I'm a pretty faithful flosser now, but I, I tell myself that I don't need to do it every day. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It's not like it's hard. You know, it takes a minute, not even. I don't think your dentist would advocate for that advice. Well, here's the thing about my dentist in talking to me about flossing. For the first 20-something years of my life, they would pretty much always ask me, have you been flossing? Doesn't everyone hate getting that question? They know that I haven't been flossing. Like, why are you asking me this question when I'm going to either have to lie to you or you're going to make me feel bad? Well, and can they always tell? Because for a while I hadn't been flossing and they didn't ask me. And she said, your teeth and everything looks so great. She'd already done the cleaning. And then I said, I haven't been very regular. She's like, oh, well, you should. But she just told me my teeth and everything were great. So Strange. Yeah, so I stopped lying to my dentist. I mean, I always told them <laughs> that I didn't floss, so I guess I never lied. But they stopped shaming me because shame did not motivate my habit. It's not a motivator. Not a, per- a no. lasting motivator. No, the harsh reality of not having any teeth was my motivator. So thanks, Greg shame. and Marie, for getting my husband to floss his teeth. Yeah, our dear friends helped me floss my teeth. Regularly. So that's something I do in the evening, but I am much less disciplined in the evening with habits and things. I feel like my day just spirals out of control after the afternoon and it just is like warp speed and then I don't know what happens. Didn't our friend, we had this conversation because we're actually opposite on this. If you're more of a morning or a night person, that's when you're stronger as far as your willpower yeah willpower so that's an interesting thing that we could get into with habits too is how willpower plays into that they say that if you're a morning person you have your greatest amount of willpower in the morning and then it kind of fades as the day goes on so you're more likely to make foolish decisions you know later if you're a morning person and vice versa if you're an evening person in the morning it would be harder for you to make good decisions so we have a limited willpower capacity as human beings in general. And, you know, for us as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, which is better than willpower because it's God living inside of us. That gives us the ability to, you know, avoid sin and pursue the Lord and those types of things. But just kind of from a just functional perspective, willpower is a pretty interesting thing in how it affects our habits. So which explains our donut eating patterns that in the morning for me, I'm, I'll go to Bob Evans and order pancakes and eat the not as healthy things. But as the day goes on, my willpower increases. I'm not sure. Okay. That's a theory. Yeah. We'll work on that donut willpower (laughs) theory. I don't know how it, how it all works out exactly, but yeah, willpower is an interesting correlation to, to habits and how they are intertwined. So how about, you know, something for me for a good portion of my life. You know, I I feel like for me, I really started walking with the Lord in college and that's when I really developed the habit of spending time reading the Bible. And so that's something I think that Christians can at times struggle with. You know, we all have our different struggles and things, but if someone said, Hey Nikki, I'm a new Christian or I've been a Christian for a long time and I'm trying to develop some, some good godly habits or what we would maybe call spiritual disciplines. So different things that help us grow and our relationship with God, what would you say to someone who's trying to develop some good spiritual disciplines, like spending time in the word or prayer? What, where would you direct them or how would you help them get started on something like that? 
working with college students, this is a question that we realistically get a pretty good amount of times. And I think this is honestly something I wrestle through in my brain as far as advising others, because I think when I kind of gave my life back to God in college and started faithfully walking with him, you know, you hear these things where it has to be the morning. It has, you have to be doing this, or it needs to be the first thing you do, or it needs to be the last thing you do before you go to bed. And I I struggle with that. And in the Bible, we see, you know, the people rose in the morning to pray or they praise the Lord at night. And so you see, I guess, kind of biblical backings for all sides. And I think there's something to finding what your niche is or what's comfortable. So for me, it didn't work best being the very first thing I did when I wake up. I still think there is something to be said about doing it in the morning period. So maybe not the very first thing, but I just think about going through the day, the people you're going to interact with, the things that you're going to come up against. And just as you eat breakfast, hopefully you eat breakfast. Not everyone does. I don't understand that. But what some people call the most important meal of the day. It up is. For debate. And my favorite. Yeah. But anyways, anyway. I so if you look at that and that how that nourishes you for the day, I feel that way spiritually also that it kind of just gives me perspective. It Anything I'm feeling anxious about that's coming up that day or meeting or presentation, whatever it may be, I can kind of intentionally give that to the Lord during that time. And even, I mean, throughout the day, you know, kind of this continual sense of praying and going before God. And actually in the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality that I read recently, he talks about this idea of the daily office, which is a long thing, but essentially it's choosing a couple times throughout the day, very intentionally that you take, it could be two minutes to 15 minutes, your lunch break, whatever it may be. And it's this kind of time of going to God and just taking a quick moment of intentional prayer. So there's this idea of like continually praying throughout the day, but also the intentional time that you're just doing that. And so I think for people that are just getting started, or maybe you've attempted this before to have this regular time with God every day, I think the biggest advice is just to do it with any habit is just to start somewhere, do it, pick a book of the Bible. And I think actually a friend of ours recently, I was talking with, she had heard um, someone talking about Bible reading habits and kind of asked me what I thought, you know, if a student came to me and said they were reading this Christian book or this devotional every morning, and that was how they spent time with God, how would I feel about that? Or what, what would I say to them? And I think there, those, there are incredible resources available to us today, commentaries, devotionals, but I think that nothing is an equal substitute for the word of God itself. And so I think, honestly, I think that is the only thing I'd say adamantly that needs to be a part of your time with the Lord is reading the Bible itself. Prayer. Does that get in the mix or not? It, do, it does. And so okay. we'll see. And that's something that I'm growing and wanting to make a habit because, and after reading a praying life, I've started to incorporate that more. And so I guess, I guess they, those kind of go together in my mind, but they are definitely separate, but both important. And I, for me, worshiping by singing is a awesome way for me to connect with the Lord, but not necessarily something I do every morning really specifically. But yeah, I would say praying and, and reading the Bible. Those are important things to Too do fundamental. sometime in the morning before your day really gets going. I like that I heard someone say one time, I'm really into these little sayings that apparently transform my life because <laughs> I started flossing because of one crazy sentence. <laughs> the other one is, 
when we spend time with God in the evening as opposed to the morning, so at the end of our day instead of in the beginning of our day, it's like putting on your armor after you've already fought a battle. Hmm. So that is what I always think about. So, I mean, hey, if you're spending time with God at any point in your day, that's good. That's a great start. I think it makes sense to do it in the morning. You know, the Psalms say that we should be meditating on God's word day and night. And so it should be a morning thing and an evening thing as well. That's why we like the Spurgeon devotional morning and evening. We like to be in the habit of reading through it in the morning and then at dinner, we'll read through the evening portion of it. So yeah, I think that that's a a good start. And one thing you said early on was just start somewhere. And I think a lot of times when we're developing these new habits, I think it's so often why, you know, people blow their new year's resolutions is because they try and bite off more than they can chew. And I think that that's a really easy thing to do is, okay, wow, I need to get my life together. I need to get my finances straight. I need to lose, you know, 20 pounds because my doctor says that I'm unhealthy and I'm, I'm hurting my body. I need to stop eating junk food. I need to, you know, fill in the blank with all the different things that we want to change and and fix. And so I think that we can just try and take on too much. And I think that that's, that's, one, that's one way that people get caught up and not being able to change habits is that they're trying to to bite off more than they can chew. And I think the other thing when I think about helping people develop habits is having accountability or having community to to change the habit with. So for me, even though you weren't learning how to play guitar, you always encouraged me. You would ask me every day, hey, did you, did you play guitar this morning? You know, did you strum this morning? I was like, oh yeah, I did. Or no, not yet. I need to, I need to make some time to do that. And so I think having someone that is there to kind of be a tangible, accountable person that's asking you and inquiring, you know, are you doing this or how's this going? That that helps in such a huge way. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And I think too, even as holding people accountable, I don't ask you that. And did you play your guitar today? Kind of way, because that would feel very threatening. I would have been scared if you asked that way not encouraged to continue going. No. So there's an approach element here. And obviously playing or not playing the guitar is not sinful or not sinful. It's not something of that kind of extreme importance. Where I need you to- told me that I was sinning if I didn't play. I did not. No, you didn't. Lies. Yep, I'm, okay, I just lied on the podcast. You did. We're not muting that out either. Forgive me, Lord and listeners. No, Nikki, you were very encouraging in, in my pursuit of that. So yeah, I think it's, encouragement is is big that's a good word yeah and because you would ask me and if i was sketching something or blogging and writing posts asking me how to do it. a bad habit that i've gotten into recently every friday on my blog i release what's called the friday five and this is on any given topic and it's probably been at least three months now that i've been doing it every friday and For some reason, I've gotten in the recent habit of 11 p.m. on Thursday night. I say, oh, crap, I haven't written my Friday five yet. Jordan heads to bed. Leverage is over. And I sit on the couch and write my post. And why have I started doing that? Because you have a long list of ideas and things that you want to do. And then normally you'll say, what should I do? And then I, I just so value efficiency. I'll just throw something really easy out. And you're like, oh, but I want it to be good or is this good enough? And then you kind of, you know, you mull it over and then you come out with it. And it's always good. And people really like it. People are into the Friday Five. I'm surprised. I mean, not that people, I guess kind of that people like it or that I've had people tell me it's one of their favorite parts about Friday. And that's pretty neat. 
That's cute. Maybe like, someday people will say their favorite part of the second and fourth Wednesday of every month is this podcast. We can hope. It's I hate the schedule anyway. Yeah, okay. no, it is cool that that and what's neat about it is that you've established this habit of at least doing it. You know, you've yes. you've committed to doing this thing. And so that's really significant, even though the timing isn't so great that you're writing it, you know, at midnight on Thursday right. at truly the eleventh hour. But <laughs> you have established this habit of doing it and you haven't missed it. And that's awesome. And you've been a huge encouragement in that because there, most nights I I feel I have to do, like I have readers that I don't even know how many people are, well, I do know my stats, but you know how many of the same people are continually reading it or think, oh, it's Friday. I should go to NikkiSherkman.com. But even there was one Friday where I was like, I don't care at all about writing it and missing it. Mm. It was actually Thursday night, right? It was a Thursday night, probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And George said, Nikki, you haven't missed a single one. You've been so faithful. You have to do it. And I was like, you're, I mean, you didn't tell me I had to, but you encouraged me. You've been so awesome with this. Continue. I yelled at you. You did not. You have to do this. <laughs> the people want their Friday five. That's his scary Hulk voice. He tries to be intimidating voice. with. But anyways, so that has been a fun thing and has helped me be more consistent in blogging in general and gives me some freedom with topics. But knowing that your your encouragement to prod me along and doing it. So that reminds me of something that's really significant in habits too, is when you have this deadline of something or this it's specific, you know, making a habit of saying, I want to be healthier. It's so vague and ambiguous. You don't even know where to start. And so I think all habits that are successful start out by being these little steps. Measurable. Measurable. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So yeah. Okay, you just, Holly's quotes. <laughs> you just break this thing down into, okay, what what can I do to start this? So for me, to start learning guitar, I'm like, okay, well, to start learning guitar, first of all, I need to I need to figure out how to play a chord. So I need to know what one chord is. So I start with the G chord and I'm like, okay, so now I practice until my fingers are right on the G chord. And, and maybe today all I do is just even figure out how to try and get my fingers in the right position to, to play one chord. And that's the first thing I do. And I think that most people get off track with habits and developing these routines because they don't break it down. So it's too ambiguous and then it's not measurable. Like you just mentioned that's a really significant thing. So when we set specific goals, this is kind of getting into goals, habits, crossover. But yeah, the whole idea of SMART goals, so they're, I forget what all the letters are for the acronym of SMART, but they're measurable, attainable, reachable, teachable, eachable, all these bulls. And so they are really helpful in in establishing patterns that we're going to do. So just getting really specific and really small with a habit is is significant. You know, I'm sure everyone listening is thinking, yes, it's good to form good habits, good ways of doing things. I know I should do this or I should stop doing this. But this is where I really struggle is consistency and finding the motivation to just do it. And when there's days when you're tired or something else comes up or maybe your your work schedule or life schedule isn't very regimented. So it feels hard to kind of get in the flow when it, it feels like things are continually changing. How do you find the motivation to just keep going? And Jordan, I feel like you, this is where I feel like you do such a good job of 
just doing things or I, I guess you just really enjoy work. I don't know, but you'll just sit in your office and you'll do your weekly review or these things that take time and energy that I just don't always feel like exerting. So I'm sure there's a lot of personality types that play into different things that would motivate people on different levels or for what extent, but how do you find the motivation to follow through on a habit? I think motivation is so key and this goes with willpower and habits. It's this, you know, trifecta of things. I think you just have to, it's this classic Stephen Covey, who is an author of a a really good book that talks about habits, the the seven habits of highly effective people and a, a book that just really influenced me and how I think about work and life. But he talks about the first habit is begin with the end in mind. And so when you're establishing these habits, it's thinking, well, why do I want to, why do I want to floss? You know, the end in mind is that, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, I won't have dentures or that I'll take care of my teeth. You know, that's a little thing and it's hard to think about because it's basically preventing a negative instead of really achieving a positive Mm. where something like, playing guitar, it's like, okay, well, my goal is to, I want to be able to lead our family in worship. And so that's a really important thing to me. So that is a motivator for me where I'm like, oh, if I put in the time and I'm diligent to practice and and do the work, one day we'll be able to sing together as a family in our, you know, slightly off key voices and not a joyful noise. Yeah. Joyful noise is <laughs> definitely what would define our family and how we sing. But I think that that is really significant. I have to think and I'm, I'm just a kind of future-oriented person, so it's easy for me to think, oh, if I do this, if I put in this work, if I do this habit every day, I can see the road that I'm walking down. And it's a classic, a classic Andy Stanley quote that I think of. He wrote a book called The Principle of the Path that is you know, in some ways related to this too. And he says, direction, not intention, determines our path. So I can have all the intentions of the world of starting good habits, but if I don't actually start walking down that path, then I'm not going to get there. And so that, I think, is is a huge motivator for me of thinking, what is my end goal? What am I going to get mm-hmm. out of this if I actually do the work of creating this habit? And a little hack that I like, this is a comment, they call it the Seinfeld productivity tip. Jerry Seinfeld, comedian, funny man, he would write a joke or write jokes every single day. And he would just put an X on the calendar for the day when he wrote a joke. And so that is, his goal was to not break the chain of X's that he drew on his calendar. And so to continue to cross them off and add them up. And then every day you have these small wins and these little victories. They're like, okay, I can do it one more day. I can floss one more day. I can play guitar one more day. I can read my Bible one more day. I don't want to break the chain. And so it's just this neat little encouraging motivation kind of snowball effect where you just keep going for it. So that's one of my other favorite little little life hacks. That's cool. Is it a physical calendar? I think you use a physical calendar. There's lots of different websites and apps that you can track things on. And, and maybe we can get into that in a little bit on different tools we can use to track habits. But yeah, if you have, you know, one of those desk calendars or a wall calendar, the daily calendar wouldn't work so well. You know, the rip off the, with the like oh, right. Dilbert quotes or cartoons or whatever, you know, those aren't going to be good for it because you can't track it. You need something where you can see a, a good chunk of time, at least a month. At Your a time. progress. Yeah. That makes sense. That's really good wisdom. I'm sitting here thinking about the things I need to do a better job of or the things I should be doing now. 
your brain just starts going and you, I just, I already feel overwhelmed. And then I think I feel paralyzed and thus don't change anything again. Mm. And I think this is what I want to encourage you with Nikki, but anyone is that the good news about the Christian life is that it's not just about establishing good habits. You know, we, we can't, habit ourselves into heaven. We can't habit ourselves into a, a perfect life. Um, we can't habit ourselves into God's good graces. Jesus perfectly lived his life for our sake. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So as Christians, we can cling to the good news that, yeah, we're, we're inevitably going to screw it up. We're going to have some bad habits and, and we're not going to be perfectly expunged of all the sin in our lives and the, and the bad habits that we establish until heaven. And so the good news is that God approves of us because of Jesus and his, I would, man, that just makes me wonder what was Jesus's morning routine? Like, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times you read in the Bible of Jesus went, he, he went away early in the morning to spend time with the father and neat things like that. But I would love to, yeah, I look forward to asking sure. Jesus about his uh, morning rituals and routines. And even in that, Thank you for your encouragement. And that is good perspective because I think I can often get caught up in the Martha mentality and choosing rather than Mary who chose the better thing. And I often do the immediate instead of kind of the big picture ultimate. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, the house is a mess. The food we need to cook, whatever it may be. And I kind of can't do things on a small scale. It's kind of go big or go home for me. And so I then get wrapped up in that instead of, oh, I really needed to work on this project or this thing that was due next week. And it's hard for me to kind of do that in advance. And so I think setting grace, instilling a lot of grace in your morning routine, your daily routine, your habits, but just even thinking intentionally about why am I doing the things I'm doing? What are kind of these long-term big picture goals? And you can't, you can't have 20. You can't have 20 different goals that you want to, things you want to excel at and expect to do them all really well. And so I think, as you said, just starting small, starting with something that is manageable. And they were talking about that on the podcast that I was listening to earlier today that I mentioned at the beginning of our show about even just decluttering your home. You know, he said so many people, start to automatically think about, Oh, but I have, you know, this blanket from my grandma or all these sentimental things. And I could never get rid of that. And he's like, instead of just starting, because everyone has things they don't use in their house and just starting somewhere, starting with just one closet, one room, one shelf in the pantry. And then you'll start to feel, Oh wow, this did feel really good to get rid of things. And it does feel good to clear out. And I had a lot more things I could get rid of than, than I initially expected that I did. And that kind of gives you that momentum going forward. And I think that's very true of habits as well. And kind of with the keystone habit, how it gives you this ground of success to continue building on. Yeah. And I think as, as Christians too, it's, again, it's not just about our effort. It's kind of about living the Christian life and the power of the Holy spirit. And so we're Mm -hmm. letting God work in us and through us. He's producing fruit in our lives through the power of the spirit And so it's not just about us being super disciplined or just buckling down and saying, I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to make it happen. It's, yeah, it's totally grace driven and and based on God working in us and through us to do these things. And I think that the other thing that I love that the Bible talks about, and it's, it's, you know, not 
specifically talking about habits in this instance, but Paul talks about in Colossians 3, he's talking about putting on the new self and taking off the old self and living the Christian life. And so it's, we as humans are, we're sinful, we're, we're separated from God. And so we have these habits and, and depending on when we come to Christ, you know, if we come to Christ later in life, we've already established years and decades of sinful habits and sinful patterns. And those are going to take time. Some of those things are going to happen overnight. God's going to give us the grace to just be transformed in those areas. And some of those sin habits are just going to be things that, that are really going to be a battle between our flesh and between the spirit. And so, but I love that Paul talks about putting on the new self, taking off the old self. And so it's not just that with habits, it's not just that you start doing this new thing, but you have to kind of replace an old thing mm. to get into the habit. Cause you have habits, whether you realize it or not. And so it's not just a start something new, but it's kind of replacing an old with a new. And then the same in the same vein, thinking about if I want to get rid of this old thing, I can't just stop doing it. You know, people who just stop smoking normally they have something else that they do when they have this urge to smoke. And so Charles Duhigg talks about that too. He says it's important to identify kind of our craving. Like, why am I doing this thing? He, he gave the example that every day at two o'clock in the afternoon, he would get up and go get a cookie and eat the cookie and talk with some of his coworkers and then go back to his desk. And so he was, he was kind of analyzing the situation and saying, why am I doing this? Why am I going to get this cookie? Is it because I'm hungry or do I just, yeah, do I want something sweet right now? Or is it just an excuse to get up and socialize with people? Or do I just need a break from my work? And so I think that that's a really good thing when we identify, hmm, I have this bad habit. Why am I doing this? You know, why do we eat sweets every night? Is it because we want something or is it because we're bored or is it, you know, what is that? And so then asking the question, what could I substitute this with? So if I'm just getting up to get a cookie to talk to my coworkers, I could just skip the cookie and go talk to my coworkers, you know, and I can kind of circumvent that thing that I'm doing. So it's just about identifying what you're doing, the habit you're doing, figuring out why you're doing it, what reward you're looking for, and then figuring out what could I substitute this with. And, and I think it just in so many ways, habits are about, changing habits are about having a plan. You know, you want to have a way to go about this. So saying, okay, I'm when I wake up, I'm not going to check social media. Well, that's not really a good plan unless you say, and instead I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to play guitar. Fill in the blank. You have to have something that you're replacing this this old thing with a new thing. And that totally applies in sin or, or different things as well. When it's like, okay, when I'm tempted to gossip about someone, what am I going to, I need to have a plan. Instead That's a of, tricky one. Yeah. Instead of just diving into this, I need to change the subject or I need to walk away or fill in the blank. So these are just kind of kind of practical side of developing better habits. So continuing to go with the practical side of things, what are some tools or resources, people that are saying, yes, I hear you. I agree. I want to improve by the grace of God with the help of the Holy Spirit, grow in these things. What are some practical resources, books, tools, that can help us in developing these habits. So a couple we've mentioned already. The one is The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Super fascinating book, just talking about habits and kind of the, it's definitely a secular book, very much on on habits from a just general perspective. Not There's no spiritual aspect in it so much, but it's really interesting. The other book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey that I mentioned. Just really good principles for kind of organizing your life around, I would say that they're 
the Christian principles in a lot of ways. And then I just looked into, there's a, an app called Habit List that I recently downloaded. I think it's three bucks on the app store. It's pretty neat. It's kind of the Seinfeld productivity method. And you can set up a couple different things on there and it'll show you if you're following through. So once you do it, so I have a couple things on here. Don't check email until noon. So if I make it till noon, I can press that and it crosses it off the list and it'll show me a, a calendar view of how I'm doing on it. And then there's stats. It'll tell me, you know, in the last six weeks or all time, how am I doing? What's my kind of batting average or my percentage for doing this? And you can add as many as you want. Obviously, when you have 20 of them, it's going to be hard to manage them all. So maybe you start with one, you know, don't eat sweets. That's on there. And, and then again, the negative is kind of hard. You know, you need to have like eat carrots instead of sweets or something, you know, mm-hmm. something like that in there. But anyway, so those are a couple books, a tool that I really like. Another one that's pretty popular is called Lyft. It's an app that is kind of a, around the community-based idea of developing habits. So you kind of join a group with other people that are in there and you encourage each other to do these things. So get up and exercise or drink 10 glasses of water a day or whatever it may be. And so that's the communal aspect, whereas the habit list doesn't have a communal communal aspect. It's just about the chain and seeing that you're you're building the chain. So those are a couple of the things. Yeah, we'd love to know if you're establishing new habits. You know, email us feedback at unpack.co. We'd love to hold you accountable, and we'll ask nicely how developing your habits are going. And also hearing what you do to establish good habits. If you have gotten in a good routine or found methods that work well for you, would love to hear from you what those things are. Awesome. Well, if you want to check out any show notes, anything we've mentioned, I think we've covered everything pretty well. This is episode four of the Unpacked podcast. You can find show notes at unpacked.co slash four as an episode four. You can email us, as we mentioned, unpacked, uh, feedback at unpacked.co. We'd love for you to rate us in iTunes. That's how other people can find us. Five stars for for us if you like us and just don't rate us at all if you don't like us. I think that's it. Any other tools, tips, resources, habit things that you'd want to share, Nikki? Pray. Take it to the Lord. Always ask for his help in forming habits. What are godly habits, things you should be doing, investing your time in and give yourself grace. There's grace. You're not going to perfectly nail this habit thing. None of us are. Nope. We're in it together. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Unpacked Podcast. Until next time, we hope this helps start a conversation that starts conversations for you in your life. And we hope that you are on the road to developing healthier habits after this conversation. Thanks for listening. 